Welcome to Slapshot Podcast, episode number 20. I am your host, Chris Juarez. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoy this fresh intro. It's called Young and Reckless by Young Carts. I'm going to drop the link um, over at fantasyalarm.com where you can get the podcast. You can check out all his fresh music. He's got some pretty good stuff. No lyrics, no nothing. Just some nice instrumentals. But this one here, I felt like it was appropriate, the title, for what we're living right now. So I was like, why not? I needed some change. So I was like, we'll start off with some fresh beats instead. I hope you're all staying safe. If you live in the Montreal area, I hope you are all staying cool. It is hot. It has been hot the last three days, it is currently 31 degrees Celsius here in Fahrenheit. I'll let you do the conversion, but that's hot. What's 31? That'd be what, like 86, 87? No, 86 or 88 probably. Anyways, not important. What is important though is that we are going to talk about the NHL's return to play action that they have put together, Gary Bettman held a press conference, when is it, today is what, Thursday, maybe Tuesday, I think so, I don't know what day it is really, but he did hold a press conference, they do have a plan to return to hockey, which again, this is this is an outline here, and nothing, nothing confirms that the NHL will be back yet, they have a lot of hurdles to get past they have phase one down which is well agreeing to the format and we're going to look at the format we're going to look at a little bit what's being said around what teams will benefit from it what teams will not benefit from it obviously if you've been following along you probably know a little bit for but for those of you who haven't for those of you who can't keep up we're going to break this down because when i i listen to the Right, the Gary Batman's speech and his press conference and everything, and I was confused at first, so I had to go back and read it, and I did. Um, Frank Saravalli of uh, TSN did a really good job of putting together this cool article, which I am also going to drop um, on the fantasylearner.com, so you can read it, and you should read it because it's pretty straightforward. It's easy to understand. He does a good job of explaining it. You know, Frank's one of the better people who work at TSN, obviously. So, I think he did a good job. I think people should follow up and read it if you want to get a deep understanding and I'm going to go through the outline of it basically and I'm going to focus on like I said the return to play the 10 cities that Gary Bettman mentioned as possible hub cities and then we're going to look at the two teams that voted against it let's start though with the 10 cities 10 potential hub cities so Gary Bettman has confirmed that these 10 cities are on the on a short list to be the final two. We're looking at Las Vegas, Toronto, Chicago, Columbus, Edmonton, Dallas, Los Angeles, Minnesota, Vancouver, and Pittsburgh. So those are the 10 teams. Um, of those 10 teams, again, I've talked about it on a previous podcast as well. I do think Vegas is the front runner. I believe that they have everything that's set up for them to get going. So I'm going to... Ex- I'm going to exclude Vegas here because I just think that they're going to get it. It just makes the most sense, right? The NBA is looking at Orlando. So if that frees up Vegas for the NHL, I don't see why they would not take it. So I'm going to cross Vegas off here. I've I've given them the top seed here as the potential hub city. Um, a quick side note here. Gary Bettman did mention that 
for these hub cities, it does not have to be one in the east and one in the west. I do believe that he's going to want to do that. Or he's going to want to try to figure out something. Because as much as he doesn't want to put two in the west and two in the east, if he's forced to, he will. I know that. But let's put this on a TV perspective. If you live in the East Coast and you're watching, well, what's the farthest west you can go here? I guess L.A., which is a long shot, and I guess uh, Dallas is one time zone over. Okay, there's one full team in the West. (laughs) One full. And what I'm getting at here is that if you live in the East Coast, you're going to stay up till 10 o'clock to watch the 7 o'clock game? I don't think so. But on the opposite side, if you have both, in the east right i mean it's kind of early for a lot of people living out west to be able to watch again these are minor things but i do believe that the nhl will try really hard to put one team in the west and one team in the east so by default if i'm giving it to vegas i'm going to cross off dallas la chicago so i'm just going to cross them out here i got a bingo card here of what i got so i'm going to give vegas the top spot here I'm going to call them Hub 1. There we go. Okay. Before we keep going into this side, I'm just going to crack this open here. Let's get it. Ah, that's it. No, it is not a cold one. It is a Rockstar Energy drink because I live a healthy lifestyle. Okay. Let me take a swig of this. Ah, delicious. Okay. So... I'm giving Vegas, in my books, this is how it's going to go. I'm giving it to Vegas. I will then by then cross out Chicago, Dallas, and L.A. I would like. I think Dallas would be a nice number two. Right? If they don't give it to Vegas, I think for all obvious reasons I've stated in other podcasts, I'm going to give, you know, Dallas has a good one. L.A. is kind of, like, it, it didn't really shock me. I guess we didn't really talk about it. But, I mean... Yeah, I just I, I mean LA makes sense when you sit and you think about it for a minute. I mean they got I don't know if it makes the most amount of sense here, but I mean I could, but again, like I said, my theory here is just that they're gonna give it to one team in the east and one team in the west. I will by default afterwards, okay, let's try to point down the second. I will cross out Toronto. I will cross out Vancouver. I'm going to tell you why. So Canada will continue to have a 14-day self-isolation or self-quarantine for people coming into the country. So as I stated, I think it was last podcast, right? There's a reason why they're going to try to keep this in the United States. is because if it just makes the process easier to get going, right? There are four phases. We're going to talk about those a little bit later. But in order to get to those four, you got to do it not relatively quickly, but it has to advance. And if the Canadian government, which, again, I support him if he's saying, look, you're coming in here, lock everything down, self-isolate yourself 14 days. Fine. But in the NHL, they can't wait a 14 extra days before they start training camps and all that stuff. So I'm going to cross Toronto and I'm going to cross Vancouver off. Not because they, honestly, Hub 2 would have been Toronto. I would have given it to them. I think it would be nice to have it in a Canadian market as well, generate some buzz, just, you know, all that stuff. But you can't because the the government's not going to allow it to happen. Oh, I forgot Edmonton. My bad, Edmonton. You're also in Canada. Okay, so I'm going to cross Edmonton off here as well. Um, so that's that. Again, should Vancouver have it? Of course. I do. Oh, there's the other West Coast. Man, I am. Whew. Okay, so LA and Vancouver. Yeah, so that's why when like you wouldn't be able 
to put LA and Vancouver in the same spot because that's like all the way west. What about the east? Blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter um, because it's not coming to Canada anyways. All right, so I'm going to cross those off. So we still have Vegas as a top one here. I'm going to cross off Minnesota by now because um, if you follow the news and you keep up with uh, tragedy at its best, right? What's ha- What happened with George Floyd? If you don't know, just you know, Google him. You'll understand You know the black man um, who died because after his encounter with a white police officer putting his knee on his neck. Not going to talk about this because this is a hockey podcast. You should probably check it out because racism in the United States and in the rest of the world still exists. So I'm going to cross Minnesota off because there's a whole bunch of rioting going on right now. And I'm sure the NHL is going to be like, look, we're not going to go there. Okay. This leaves two cities, Columbus and Pittsburgh. And I would I would probably give it to Pittsburgh. I'm going to give Hub to to Pittsburgh. Now, I mean, it's not far off from what we had looked at in a previous, I think it was podcast number 18. I think it was 18 when we were talking about hub cities. It was Vegas and Columbus, right? And that seemed far-fetched, but Columbus is still on this list, though. Like, Columbus is still there, and it, it kind of makes a lot of sense why they would. I just think Vegas and Pittsburgh, they're two, right? Vegas for obvious reasons. Pittsburgh can for obvious reasons as well. I've been to Pittsburgh Beautiful city. They have the accommodations ready and whatnot. Um, so I think that would be good. So if I was giving out a vote on picking two cities, one in the east, one in the west, Vegas and Pittsburgh would be my picks here. So that is that. Hub cities. If you have other cities that you would prefer, you can always tweet them at the podcast, at Slapshot Podcast. You can tweet them at me, at FuzzyChris91. Um, let me know which cities you would pick. So that is for the hub cities. Now, as we keep going in this article, again, they do a great job. Like I did, Frank Cervelli does everything that's great. So let's look at how they want to go. So the NHL has four phases. They have completed phase one, which is determining the format, which is now we know is a 24-team format. So 12 teams in the East, 12 teams in the West. Gary Bettman has confirmed that the season is officially over. So that's it. So all so these 24 teams make the playoffs. Now, let's break this down East and by West. Now, again, some teams are happy. We're going to talk about that as well. Some teams are not. We're also going to talk about this as well. So in the Eastern Conference, the four teams that don't make the playoffs are the Buffalo Sabres, New Jersey Devils, the Ottawa Centers, and the Detroit Red Wings. The Detroit Red Wings finish with... They finished with a 17-49-5 record, okay? With a goal differential of minus 122. They won five games on the road this year. They have a 2.75 point percentage. This has to be historically one of the worst teams ever (laughs) in an NHL. Like, this team is bad. So, again, those four teams don't make the playoffs. I don't think there's anything... Kind of surprised about that. The Western Conference, basically, they just cut California out and that's it. Everything made sense because the only other teams to miss the playoffs in the Western Conference are the Anaheim Ducks, the Los Angeles Kings, and the San Jose Sarks. So I assume (laughs) that's it's kind of ironic how that finishes, right? All those teams, by the way, finished with 29 wins. Um, so Illuminati, if you believe in that, I guess, but all of California has just been eliminated from the Western conference. The rest of the teams make the playoffs. So this is how the NHL stands now, which means now (laughs) I'm already laughing because I know this is funny, right? If you're a Habs fan, like I am, right? You're ecstatic, right? 
Montreal had a 0.1 chance, right? Rob Pozzola on Twitter pointed this out. They had a 0.1 chance of making the playoffs, and here they are, right? Which is kind of funny, right? I'm laughing because I'm ecstatic that Montreal is going to quote-unquote be in the playoffs here because this team doesn't deserve it. I'm just going to tell you that right now. They are the 24th team. Like the, They are the cutoff line. They were that bad, right? No team... So they finished with a 500 record, 31, 31, and 9, okay? Of those 31 wins, 19 of them came in regulation. The Montreal Canadiens finished, are making the playoffs with 19 regulation wins, okay? To put this into perspective, okay, Buffalo has 22, New Jersey has 22, Ottawa has 18, okay? And we're just, again, we're going to discredit Detroit completely. They had 13, but whatever. So the Montreal Canadiens make the playoffs with 19 regulation wins. Now, there are teams that did that voted no to this format, specifically the Carolina Hurricanes and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, there's a lot of talk here about the NHL was looking at the first round being a best of three. They are still going back and forth on the idea, but we know it's either going to be a best of five or a best of seven. The reason it can't be a best of three is because some teams are petrified of Carey Price and Patrick Kane, which is fine. They can steal games for you. And the teams who I guess are the most penalized here is the team finishing fifth. Because now in this in this 24 out team outline, right? The first four teams automatically like they're going to play a round robin to decide who finishes first, second, third and fourth. In the conference. So if we stick with the Eastern Conference, the Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning, Washington Capitals, and Philadelphia Flyers make it. Now, obviously, right, I think it was I, I think Cam Neely came out with this today, right? Obviously, he's disappointed, right, that these teams have to play this to determine one, two, three, four. Because they are eleven points ahead of Philadelphia. But if they don't finish first in this round robin that they're gonna play three games, well, they could end up being fourth. So all this hard work you've put in through the season now, playing 70 games, well, can be wiped away in three games because, I don't know, maybe you lose to the Tampa Bay Lightning, you lose in overtime to the Philadelphia Flyers, and you win against the Capitals, but all of a sudden you finish third, and now you're the third seed, and you have to take on, I don't know, some other team. Like, that sucks, right? It does. And Gary Bettman mentioned it early. This format was not going to make Everybody happy. It doesn't. Clearly, it made two teams very unhappy. The Carolina Hurricanes, Jordan Martinuk is the representative um, for his team. He came out and he said, look, we just don't feel like it favors us. Right? It puts us at a disadvantage. And he believes that his team was making strides to better their position. Now, you have to understand that the Carolina Hurricanes played this for themselves. And I don't believe, like Alex Gordon said, it's not that they don't want to get back to hockey. They do. They just don't feel like this format you know, helps them in any way. And obviously, you know, these are team representatives. So that means that the majority of their team also agrees with them. So, and that makes sense. Carolina now finishes technically sixth. Okay. They have to play the New York Rangers, who the Rangers have beaten them more than once this season. So they have a really tough matchup with the New York Rangers, who could, by the way, I'm going to break down um, a little bit later on, in, right? I'm going to probably wait till about phase three kicks in before I start breaking down these matchups of teams um, because I do want to break this down because there's some good ones. But just a little spoiler here. I do think if the season is to return in this format the way it is, I do think the New York Rangers beat the Carolina Hurricanes. 
I do. The Rangers have a really good team. They were starting to peak at the right time. They were making a real big push. They're not as deep maybe as the Carolina Hurricanes are, but, I mean, man, they can do stuff. And I guess it kind of works out well for the Rangers, right? They never traded Chris Kreider. Yes, he got hurt, but, I mean, shit, this this team can – like, there were teams who were selling off, and now, well, boom, here they are, playoff team. But, yeah. Let's stick to this, right? So Jordan Martinux, his argument for the Carolina Hurricanes was, look, we th- we think we could have gotten a better position. And in all honesty, probably not. Like maybe they're just thinking too highly of themselves here. Um, but the Pittsburgh Penguins have a five-point lead on them, right? The Philadelphia Flyers have an eight-point lead. You can't tell me you honestly believe. Let's say hindsight is twenty twenty here, of course. And the goal here would be to finish... Not fifth, I guess, would be to finish fourth. Or even fifth for the Carolina Hurricanes, right? The way they're looking at this, they have to play the Rangers. Who the Rangers are, I mean, are they significantly better than the Montreal Canes? No, but the Montreal Canes is kind of like the free space on the bingo card, right? Like, they have to take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. I do not believe for a moment they're going to get past Pittsburgh. I think maybe they give them a fight. I would love to believe that they can do this, kind of like they did the year Yarrow Halak you know, ran away with the first and the second round where Montreal ended up beating the Washington Capitals and being the Pittsburgh Penguins. I would love for that to happen. I would. Don't get me wrong. I'm just not as confident this year that that's going to happen. I'm not. And the Pittsburgh Penguins are a juggernaut offense. They're going to get healthy. You know, Latang's not going to be hurt for the first time in a while. I, I mean, Jake Gensel's going to be back healthy as well. Like, there's so many things. The Pittsburgh Penguins can... They can get you from any angle, and I really don't think Montreal Canadiens have the tools to shut them down. So, again, maybe the Carolina Hurricanes looking at this saying, man, we have to take on the New York Rangers who have beaten us, I think it's three times this season, and Pittsburgh has to take on the Canadiens who are a joke, and then the first top four teams, well, they don't have to worry about anything. They're just fighting over, you know, seeding. So, obviously, they think they're at the biggest disadvantage, and I do believe that they are. I do. I think it's, I mean, in this conference in the East, they would have wanted to finish fifth. Right, I do think there are teams. So the five to twelve teams, I do think there's an advantage for them over the top four because those five teams have to fight to be in the playoffs. Also, you say what you want about the top four teams here, okay? But they're going for you know they're looking at reseeding, and this is going to be a topic we can talk about later as well. Like, what are these teams going to look like? Are they what kind of players are they going to roster? We know that you know rosters are going to be expanded technically. Is going to be more black aces. Like, how much of these, you know, AHL players who are coming up and playing, like, how much are they going to play? Are they going to play a lot? Are these teams going to push? Let's say you've locked it up or you know that you're going to finish first. Like, are they going to start resting players? Like, there's so many, there's so many different types of conversations to have. You know that if you're from five to 12, you have to put your best lineup out there every night. You got to win, kind of like most teams do in the playoffs. Top four teams. You know, is the competition going to be good? Probably, but how good is it going to be? I don't know. Anyways, we digress from there. So Carolina believes that they could have maybe gotten a better spot. I don't think it's true, but I understand why they're not happening. The Tampa Bay Lightning has basically said, look, we don't think it's fair that, you know, the bottom teams get to kind of have an extended training camp, but we don't. So the NHL kind of answered that by saying, well, here's what we're going to do, the reseeding. But like I, like, like I just said, I mean, what are the quality of these games? I know they got to win, but technically they're they're all going to make the playoffs where they are. So do they really push to try to see? Like, you're not going to know which teams are going to be facing off who, but 
maybe the Tampa Bay Lightning feel like, look, we were kind of locked in. Well, not really locked in, but they're, I mean, I don't think they catch the Boston Bruins. They could finish second, third, or fourth. I don't think it affects them very much. I think they have less to lose. Obviously, they do. They have less to lose than the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina Hurricanes can be eliminated completely. But Tampa Bay, I guess they just didn't see it. The rest of the teams voted yes. They're like, look, we'll do this. And again, there are there are obviously players, just because your team voted yes, doesn't mean that the whole team agrees here. I'm sure there are players who said, look, this is garbage. I don't like it. And again, I don't like this format either. Again, I'm a big Habs fan. But they have 19 regulation wins. They have a 500 record. And they have a chance here to make the playoffs. And the league is so terrified of Carey Price that they're like, no, we're not going to do a best three. We're going to do a best five. Minimum. Or seven. They don't know yet, but it's probably going to be a best of five in the first and the second round. They still got to decide if that's true, but that's probably where they're going to go with it. Um, the matchups here, the other ones would be, so in the Eastern Conference, the Islanders face off against the Florida Panthers. Toronto faces off against Columbus. In the Western Conference, Edmonton gets Chicago, Nashville, Arizona, Vancouver, Minnesota, Calgary, Winnipeg. Now, in the West, the the only matchup I really feel that I would like I would watch a lot would be Calgary Winnipeg like that is a to me that's a heavy matchup like the Winnipeg Jets are like they are so so but I feel like they're a much better team than they actually than than their record says Minnesota's not a great team Arizona is I mean what they are Chicago is just man Chicago and Edmonton is the like that's the round I'm gonna watch with popcorn because I want to watch Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl take on Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. I want to watch that because you know there's going to be scoring. There's going to be a ton. Um, it kind of sucks for Chicago here because I'm assuming, well, I mean, I'm not even assuming, I know, right? Chicago felt like they were not going to make the playoffs or maybe they had an outside chance. They traded Robin Leonard to Vegas. And now here they are in a playoff spot with Malcolm Subban as their backup. If Chicago had Robin Leonard and Corey Crawford as a tandem, I might have said, okay, maybe they have a chance here to beat Edmonton. Maybe. Now they don't. This team also, Chicago, gives up the most shots of any team. So, I mean, there's no upset here, but it's kind of funny how that works. But again, I'm going to break all this down because I want to, and it'll give me something to be right slash wrong about. Um, we still don't know if the NHL is going to go with a bracket style um, formation or if they're going to go with reseeding after each round. So bracket formation would be kind of like um, shit, what is it? What was it? Oh, here's the one they gave us to us. Um, like Frank Saravalli says here, March Madness. So the March Madness is set up um, right where you're in brackets and you know exactly who you're going to play should you keep winning and you know the team's on the other side of the bracket. Um, or if they're going to reseed after each round. We don't know yet, but my theory is here they're just going to go with a bracket formation, and that'll be that. Um, phase one, like I said, is already there. Phase two, the NHL is looking at is when they open is the opening in team facilities. Now, they do want to open it relatively soon. June first is being talked about. You know, a potential date where teams can. Gary Bettman did make it clear that training camps probably won't open until after the 1st of July. So the NHL has established a time frame here saying, look, training camps are not probably not going to open with that. And phase four is the return of hockey. Literally, you're playing meaningful hockey games, which is Stanley Cup playoffs. 
again, there's a lot. I guess phase one and phase two are going to be closer together in my mind. Between phase two and three, there's going to be a ton of time between phase three and four as well. And again, a lot of people are saying this, you know, oh, hockey's coming back. Hockey may not come back even if they come up with all this. Right, they, they just voted on a format. There's so many things that need to be taken care of here, specifically player health. And I don't know where I was reading this. It was probably on Twitter. Uh, Nick Foligno did say something, right? It's kind, of, it's kind of idiotic to want to return to play hockey because you would have to test players, um, you know, equipment managers, coaches, everybody in the front office who's around it and stuff. Like, you got to get a massive amount of tests for all these people. And yet we know in the United States there's not enough tests to go around. So you're going to be taking tests away to test players who are playing, a, you know, a game for a living when those tests could be going to people who literally need it so they can continue to work and whatnot. And that's a fair point there. And I do agree as well. This is all like the first phase is fine. You have it in play. It's it, the ones that are going to be difficult are two, three, and four. Because now you have to make sure the players are safe. And like I said, there are player, you know, teams may have voted yes to returning, but there are players who may not find this a good idea, right? We already know players about being away from their families and whatnot. There are also players who are who have suppressed immune systems. And, you know, this TSN article pointed out as well in the video. Um, I didn't know as well this either. I knew Max Domi was diabetic. I did not know Capococco was diabetic as well. So players who are diabetic or players who have asthma or other, you know, respiratory illnesses or whatnot, like even if they do go back, how safe is it for them? And the Montreal Canadiens organization already made it clear Max Domi is going to play if doctors say it's okay. If not, then he won't. And that kind of sucks, right? I mean, it sucks for the player, yes, but it's it's so important to keep in mind that this, you know, this is a game. This is a game. I know this is players' livelihood and stuff like that, but like they're gonna live here. They've got money. I'm not worried about money. Even the even the player on the lower side of the totem pole here, like he still has money. So I'm not crying for them. I'm more worried about AHL players who, you know, they they don't make a boatload of money. NHL players, they make their money. So I understand how the most important thing here is to make sure that the players are safe, everybody involved with the game is safe, and the players' families are safe. You have to have this done. And there are other leagues that are opening up as well. You look at the, I think it was in the right in Germany in the Bundesliga, right? You have to make sure there's some player, or I think there was four, four or five either players or coaches or trainers or whatnot who test positive. And how do you tackle that? How do you make sure that this is not going around? You have to trace this. There's so much that's still in limbo that, like, it's nice to be able to talk about this because there's something, man. Look, I am. I, I, I waited because I knew that the NHL was going to talk about this. I didn't want to do a podcast early in the week and have nothing. I waited. I read this. I wanted to understand. Like, I am I'm actively trying to understand something. I'm trying to get hockey into me because, man, there's nothing. Like, I haven't, I haven't skated in – it's going to be almost three months. I mean, I miss hockey personally. I miss it. It's not the same. I don't get to play it. I can't watch it. And it's the same thing for other sports, people who are fans of baseball and stuff. Baseball's got its own bunch of problems that it's got to deal with, right? With player salaries and all that stuff. And 
I mean, this sucks, but we got to make sure that people stay safe, right? And there's so many people who are just, like, look at Toronto. They, right, the province of Ontario lacks some rules, and all of a sudden, Toronto Beach or Toronto Park, I think it was, for something, some festival or whatnot, packed with people, packed with people. Nobody's social distancing. Same thing. And I don't know where in the States as well. Some, I don't know. It's it's all over the place. I don't follow it. I don't even keep track of it because I just look at it. I'm like, man, like we got to do, we got to keep social distancing and we got to keep staying safe. And if, and we, we got to wear masks to make sure that we're okay. And some people look, you may not agree with it and that's fine, man. Look, I'm, I'm not going to argue what you believe in. Okay. But at this point, Sometimes I see people and, you know, there are reasons for not wearing masks as well. It's my right to not wear it. And I and I get angry on the inside, right? I don't yell at these people. I don't tell them off. I'm like, look, if that's what you believe, fine. Like it's unfounded and it's dumb, but fine. Believe it if you want, okay? Saying I'm not going to do something because it's my right to not do it doesn't work, right? I don't think it does. And again, this is my opinion. We're not going to argue it. You know, this is still a hockey podcast. What you believe in is fine. And I respect it. And you're allowed to have an opinion that's different than mine. That will always be the case here. Okay. But my number one argument for people, because obviously you can catch a whole bunch of videos online of people walking in stores. I think there's one with a Costco guy where this guy literally says, I'm not wearing a mask because it's my right. And I'm sitting there going, man, like that's an unfounded thing to say. Just saying I don't want to do something because it's my right because this second amendment tells me I can. Like that's not a valid point. You do know, right? And here's how I count it with a mask, okay? So if you go to a store in the store, I think stores should oblige you to wear it. I really do. I think if 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 you lax all these rules of keeping people in self-isolation and in quarantine and whatnot, and you say, look, you can go out, you can do things, you can social distance, but you got to wear a mask. I think that's a reasonable compromise for most of the world. You can go back to a lot of things that you were doing before, but you got to wear a mask. Including stores, where you go, fine. I think that's a fair trade-off. People don't like it because they feel like their rights are being taken away. But let's stop for a minute, okay? I've I've been to North Carolina, great place, Myrtle Beach, love it. You do know that these places have most of the times on top of, you know, as you enter a store, they have these cool little stickers that say you must be wearing a shirt and you must be wearing shoes when you enter the store. And nobody sits there and says, well, you know what? It's my Second Amendment right not to wear a shirt in the store. No, we all wear a shirt when we go to a store. Yet there are stickers on the door that tell us we have to. But it's fine. We do it. Nobody walks in. Like nobody goes to a store shirtless and says it's my Second Amendment right to do it. So why are we doing it with masks? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's it's, it's it's a store forcing you to wear a shirt when you go in. A store forcing you to wear a mask when you go in is the same thing. They're doing it. One a well, let me <laughs> let me trend lightly here. The mask here is to protect you and others. A shirt doesn't protect anybody, by the way. The store still tells you to do it. Nobody's sitting there saying, "Well, if I don't want to, I don't have to," right? But they do it for the courtesy of others. Wearing the shirt is to visually not see some people's bodies. Right, which some people don't want to see. A mask is to protect yourself, and there are a whole bunch of like easy to understand reasons why wearing a mask is important. There are. There's a whole bunch of reasons, man. My favorite one is the one where it's two dudes. There, right, and the mask says about two dudes not wearing pants. Right, so if both of you are not wearing pants, you can both pee on each other. Right, if one of you is wearing pants, 
right? Well, the other guy can still pee on you and you can absorb the, you know, the pee. And then if you're both wearing pants and you both pee or try to pee on each other, you can't pee on each other. And that to me is the easiest way to explain it why wearing a mask is important. So we should all wear a mask because in my mind, or at least for me personally, I don't go out very much anyways. I don't do that. I order everything online. Amazon has been nice to me regardless of their, you know, what Jeff Bezos does to his employees and whatnot. I've ordered a massive amount of stuff online. I'm, you know, I'm going to build my own PC. I'm doing that apparently. So, right. I've ordered a whole bunch of parts from a whole bunch of different places. So I just ordered everything online. I don't go out unless I have to, unless I literally have to, where I'm like, okay, I need something. Like I went to this, I went to the pharmacy because I needed to pick up a package. That's the only reason I went. I didn't go there because I needed something. Or sometimes I'll just send my girlfriend. I'll say, hey, can, can you go? Or if you're going, can you pick up this for me? I don't go. I don't go anywhere. I don't want to either. I don't want to put me in danger. I don't want to put somebody else in danger. So I, don't, I, I just don't go. That's it. And it's fine. Some people have to. I understand that. Protect yourself. Whether you want to believe this is true or not, whether you want to believe that, you know, coronavirus is the same thing as the flu or whatnot, that's fine. Look, conspiracy theories are everywhere. People have their own beliefs. I feel like it's not that these people actually believe that it is, right? I don't think these people who are going out and doing what they're doing and not social distancing, I don't think it's because they don't care. I just think they're tired of this because society's not pulling together. So now what happens when he says, well, you know, Jim over here is not doing his part. Why am I doing it? Why am I not? Why am I being punished? Right? That's probably what, the, what people are saying, right? If he's not following it and I have to follow it though, and he's doing what he wants and I can't, well, I'm just going to do like Jim then and I'm going to do what I want. And then it kind of, you know, spirals out of control, obviously, because now everybody's doing what they want and we've returned to a normalcy. Just as when you watch people, you know, on the beach and you always interview them and you see why a lot of these people are just doing it because they want to, you know, I want my summer. And a lot of people think, well, it's not that bad. If I get sick, I get sick. My favorite answer is, well, if it's my time to die, it's my time to die. Look, man, I understand that. We are all going to die one day of something, right? If it's my time, it's my time. That's what I keep hearing these young people, these young and reckless people on beaches saying. If it's my time to die, it's my time to die. Look, man. If I run into, I don't run into a burning building saying, if it's my time to die, it is. No, that's putting myself in danger, right? If I went to run on a highway yelling, if this is my time to die, it's my time to die, I might die because I'm putting myself in a situation where I actually might. That's what they're doing. They're putting themselves in danger and others. I also like the one dude, <laughs> the video, this dude is like, if, you know, as a family, we decided that if we get coronavirus, we're going to deal with it as a family. Okay, fine. How are you going to deal with coronavirus as a family? What are you going to do? Treat it at home? What if you need a resp- you know, a ventilator because you can't breathe? You're going to go to the hospital. That's where you're going to go because you caught coronavirus because you're on a beach and you think you're going to deal with it as a family. You're not. You're going to go to the hospital. You can't breathe. Or you have symptoms that are, or that you can't control. Or you can't control the illness yourself because you're not a doctor. Or you don't know what to do. And now you got everybody in the family sick. Now your whole family can't work. Maybe your mom or dad dies or somebody else dies. And boom, now you got to grieve for the rest of your life because you're going to handle it as a family. You're not going to handle it as a family, man. Come on. You're going to go to the hospital. 
right? Nobody ever deals with a stroke as a family at home. Nobody's sitting saying, man, if, you know what? If I clog my arteries and I get a stroke, I'm just going to deal with it. We decide we're going to deal with it as a family. And, you know, it might just be my time to die, right? I, again, I understand people are tired of this. I am too. I I don't like it. It's changed. I am a creature of habit. I am, man. I will wear my shoes until they have holes in them because I don't like to change things. I don't like changing things. I like I like knowing the outcome of things or at least predicting the outcomes or playing the odds of things, right? Which is why I enjoy, you know, just that kind of stuff, right? I like knowing things are going to happen before. I am not one of these people who just wake up one day and be like, yo, want to go to France? And then they just get on a plane and go and they have they didn't book their hotels or nothing and they're just walking around like, I can't do that, man. I can't do that. I got I plan everything out in advance. I book all my stuff in advance. When I go on my, I've been before on these like baseball weekend trips or week trips and stuff where I do like, you know, four or five cities and like six nights and I got everything planned out from where we're staying, you know, what teams are in town before and where we're sitting. I got all planned. I can't do the just je ne sais quoi kind of stuff. I don't do that. So again, I do believe that people are just, they're tired of this and I am too. I don't like the uncertainty. I have no idea. Like I said, for hockey here, I am ecstatic that I get to watch Montreal Canadiens play hockey. But when will I actually see it with my own eyes happening? Who knows? And it may not come. There's a reality here that people have to understand. The NHL season may actually just not return. There's an actual possibility of this. And it would suck. It would. This entire situation has sucked for everybody, man. There are people graduating school. I remember when I graduated. I had a ceremony. We had all this kind of stuff. Some people will never get this. There are people graduating this year who will not have a graduation ceremony. That sucks. Whether it's high school, whether it's you know colleges, universities, or whatnot. Some people are you know they're at milestones in their lives. You know some people have relatives who have died because of coronavirus. And they can't bury them yet. Like this situation is terrible. It absolutely is. But we can't just be running around everywhere doing what we want. And we certainly can't just be running around claiming it's our second amendment right to do whatever the fuck we want. Because it's not. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to open the eyes here. Okay, It's not. It's not your right. I know the second. And again, <laughs> I'm not even like. What you believe is what you believe, and and that is fine, right? And our freedoms are important, and everything is fine, but just because you have the freedom to do something or just because you think you do doesn't mean you can do it, right? Nobody walks in, shoots somebody, and says, well, it's my freedom to shoot somebody. It's not, by the way, but like I said, my favorite one right now for people who don't want to wear a mask claiming it's their Second Amendment right, you also don't say that when they force you to wear a shirt going into a store. So put the mask on. You don't have to wear it for long. While you're in, take it off. I see people sometimes driving with their masks in their car. I'm like, man, that's the place you can take it off. It's just you in there, bud. Don't worry about it. You don't have to wear the mask in the car, especially if you're alone in the car. If you're alone in the car, you don't have to wear the mask, man. Take it off. Then when you go into the store, put it back on. 
and then take it off, right? Kind of like sunglasses, right? You wear the sunglasses outside when it's sunny. You don't wear them on days that it's cloudy. You can be the douchebag who goes into a store wearing his sunglasses, but don't, right? Just take them off. Then when you go back outside and it's sunny, put them back on. It's the same thing for a mask, man. It's easy. It's not hard. Masks can help you. I know at first they said, well, maybe it's not. And things change. They evolve. Now we know that it's important to wear a mask. It can help prevent the spread, which is a little thing that everybody can do. So do it. Masks are important. If they weren't, doctors wouldn't wear them when they see you. But if doctors are wearing it, I think it's important. And again, I will always trust a doctor's opinion. I do. Just like I trust, you know, what Dr. Fauci says. I like watching him. He, he's like one of those people that I just, I watch. And some people think he's corrupt and he's bought by China and Bill Gates is producing vaccines and whatnot. Like, I don't get caught up in that stuff. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for conspiracy. But again, I will always trust a doctor's opinion. That's why I see them. Right? When I go somewhere or when I go to a doctor, I trust his opinion. I do. So I'm like, doc, give it to me. What do I got to do? I don't know better than the doctor. Sometimes people think they do. Sometimes doctors are wrong. Let's, let's not get wrong about that, okay? But I trust doctors' opinions. And right now they're telling me if I go somewhere, I should wear a mask. So guess what? When I go somewhere, wear a mask. That's all you got to do. Do it. Let's all do it so we can return to action here so I can watch some meaningful hockey again and so that we can all get closer to our lives. And that is the podcast for today, ladies and gentlemen. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast. You can subscribe to it on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. It's on Podbean. You can find it uh, at thefantasyfix.com. You can find it on Stitcher as well. You can uh, get it on YouTube as well if you want there. You can follow uh, there as well. Please subscribe, rate the podcast. Tell me how much you love it. Tell me how much you hate it as well. You can tell me how much you disagree with everything I say. That's fine. I'll take it. It's cool. Like I said, we don't have to have the same opinions. We just have to agree that, you know, conversation sometimes is good and trying to find a solution is the most important thing. It's not about you. It's about us. It's about we. It's about the collective of us. It's about the betterment of the majority. Sometimes you're not part of the majority, but you got to do what's best for the most amount of people. And that I believe as always. So again, thank you for joining me and we will talk to each other soon. Bye-bye.